Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us as we launch into a new series of broadcasts today entitled Family Bible Studies in the Gospel According to Matthew. I'm suggesting that for your family this year, have a very specific goal of bringing the gospel home. In other words, bringing the gospel into your family setting. And I have a really easy to implement plan for doing that. Uh, Those of you who are old enough to remember uh, VCRs, uh, my plan is far easier than programming a VCR to record a program. If you are capable of using a smartphone to send a text, you can implement this plan of bringing the gospel home this year. And we're in year A, which means this year, primarily, not exclusively, but primarily, the Sunday gospel readings will be from the Gospel of Matthew. So what we want to do is sync up home and church. We're living in a day where it's very difficult to pass on the faith to our children in the way that will really last and stick. And as I've mentioned several times, and I will continue to do so because it's probably one of the more significant things parents need to be aware of, that right now there's a teen or young adult washout from the faith rate about 60%. Now, would you send like your teenager to a high school where the probability is 60% they'll drop out of high school with letter grades of F? I doubt if you would take that type of risk, and yet the stakes are so much higher with faith washout because we're not talking just about living a life in line with the way God has designed and the blessings that go along with that. We're also talking about eternal destinies here. So the question is, how can you prevent faith washout, and how can you instead create what has been termed by a couple of Fuller Seminary professors, sticky faith? In other words, uh, there's a lot of very noble attempts to pass on the faith to teenagers, but how do you make it stick? And there is a poll done. In other words, what's what's the best way for the faith to be passed to children? 96% of Catholic priests said the family circle by parents. And I think it was 99% of Protestant pastors said the same thing. So overwhelmingly, both Protestant and Catholic religious leaders saying, no, it's in the family where this sticky faith really comes to pass. So we want to uh, stem the hemorrhage that's going on of youth. And the way to do that is bringing the gospel home and bring it into the family. And the idea with this, the sooner you start, the better off you are. Uh, Probably a lot of you are aware of Proverbs 22 and verse six. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart 
from it. And we're living in an age where we're basically seeing a collapse in our culture. And I'm an old Navy guy, and I, I still have I can't even express what I think when I see a four-star Navy admiral wearing a skirt for his uniform, and he's a man who thinks he's a woman. I This is something that I would have never have imagined. If you told me this years and years ago when I was in the Navy, that there would be a four-star admiral wearing a skirt, a man wearing a skirt and stuff like this, I would say, you know, it wouldn't even make a good movie because you wouldn't believe the fiction. And this is reality. So what works when a culture collapses? Now, if you think everything's fine in the culture, don't worry about bringing the gospel home. But if you think our culture is collapsing, and some have have even said it has collapsed, well, then here's a verse that's incredibly important and particularly for fathers to pay attention to, but moms and dads. It's from Genesis chapter 18 and verse 19. As far as creating sticky faith, I can't think of a more important verse. Again, it's Genesis 18 and verse 19, and this is God speaking. I have chosen him, Abraham, I have chosen Abraham that he may charge his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. Now, the Lord has promised to Abraham a family legacy that his faith would actually go down the generations. Now, did it work, this kind of family passing on the faith strategy, especially with a father taking an active role, did it work? Well, you have to turn to the first page, the first chapter, and the first verse of the New Testament, and you read the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, son of David, son of Abraham. And so it worked for 2,000 years. Now, what's really incredible is not only this will work in great times, If you read Genesis 18, and it didn't really strike me for many years. I really zeroed in on this verse. It's a tremendous promise that God promises to do something, a legacy of of faith in your family, but there's human responsibility by the parents to pass that faith on. And I thought, okay, that's it, that's it. But I didn't notice that the context of Genesis 18, 19, the verses before in Genesis 18, and the verses after in Genesis 18, it's all in the context of God's on his way to judge Sodom and Gomorrah, a culture that had collapsed. And God is saying, despite your neighbor, your neighbors over there in Sodom and Gomorrah, who are about to basically self-destruct through their lifestyle, it doesn't make any difference if the culture's great or not great. If this is done, you create the sticky faith. Now, this has worked for 2,000 years. And again, I emphasize this isn't, you know, 
the religious instruction in a family isn't just a mom's dad. This is a team effort, mom and dad. And specifically, this verse for Abraham is really zeroing out dad. So dad, shoulder responsibility. Now, if you happen to be listening and you're a single mom, don't worry. Uh, God the Father will make up what's lacking on your behalf and create success for your doing this. So this is what works in a world that's falling apart. This is what works in a world of so-called same-sex marriage and transgenderism and everything else. And it's very interesting because um, if you talk to parents and especially grandparents for whatever reason, like faithful listeners, the type of person listening to EWTN TV and radio and such, and ask you, what, what's the concern really on their heart is that their children or adult children or their grandchildren are not continuing in the faith. And here's another passage that is so strong regarding that religious instruction in the home. It's so critical, particularly to make sticky faith. And it's from Psalm 78. I'm going to read several verses. It says, Give ear to my people, give ear to my teaching. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, things we have heard and known, things our fathers have told us. You see, if you really, it's the relationship between a teacher and a student which is critical to get across deep religious knowledge that impacts a life. Anybody, you can have a robot speak religious facts through a computer or something, but it's not going to change the lifestyle and life direction of a young person. It's not going to create faith. But things our fathers have told us, and it goes on, we will not hide from their children, but tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord. Then we get to Psalm 78 and verse 5, okay? Three times, pick up in this verse, this is not an optional plan. It says, he, God, established a testimony in Jacob, appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children. Okay, a testimony is equivalent of a command or a law. Testimony, law, command for dads to teach their children. Now, remember, I said, I have a plan for you guys and gals that's no more difficult than knowing how to use a smartphone to send a text. This isn't rocket science, and a lot of people overly complicate this, but it is something that has to be done. And so the purpose of this, it goes on that the next generation might know God, and they will arise and tell them to their children. So this is how you pass the faith on, not only to your children, but to your grandchildren and great-grandchildren, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. Now, there's a bunch of uh, negatives here, and we need to realize the negatives. With a 60% washout, Psalm 78 should be a chapter, if you highlight your Bible, almost the whole chapter highlighted, it goes on 
The reason you do this, the reason you bring the gospel home, the reason that moms and dads instruct their children, and the reason the dads don't check out on this and put it all on their wives' shoulders, it says so these kids will not be a stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation whose heart was not steadfast was not faithful to God. This is saying exactly how you prevent washout. And then it talks about the Ephraimites armed with a bow turned back in the day of battle. They turned from following God and defending his kingdom. They did not keep God's covenant, but refused to walk according to his law. They forgot what he had done. And so basically this is saying in the strongest possible terms, that this is a command from God for fathers to be engaged in the religious upbringing of their their children so that it sticks, so they don't become a rebellious generation, so they don't become unfaithful, so they don't forget God's covenant, so they remember to walk in his law. This is how it's done. And again, I'm not saying you need a PhD in theology and all that type of thing. This is an easy plan, but stay with me. There's one more verse we've got to get to. And this is a verse from the Old Testament. And I must say, um, you know, the Jewish people were really pretty good in a sense that, uh, yes, they had their national failures and such, but, you know, they had um, godless, pagan, idolatrous, empires coming in, wiping them out, conquering them. They had to kind of coexist with all this stuff. And they've yet managed, I mean, the Jewish faith is still going on in this day. And if you're a faithful Jew, you will know about the verse that I'm about to suggest that Catholic parents pay a lot of attention to. It's perhaps the most well-known and most revered verse in the Old Testament by a pious Jewish person. And this obviously comes right into the New Covenant as well. But I'm talking about Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4. It's called the Shema. And Shema in Hebrew simply means to hear. And you really need to hear what I'm saying. It's There's so many parents regretting. You think, well, you know, I homeschool. That's good, but homeschool kids are falling away. I don't know the percentages. Nobody probably has the courage to actually do uh, very careful polling on this, but I do know that kids from good homeschooling parents are falling away, and there's a lot of dedicated moms doing homeschooling, and yet, okay, we're talking about a very simple plan that particularly involves the fathers in passing on the faith in a way that it sticks and prevents the fallout, okay? The Shema says, hear this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. This is the great monotheistic uh, creed of Israel. And then it says, and then you, he's talking to parents, shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, And these words, which I command you this day, shall be upon your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, 
when you walk by the way or drive in a minivan, when you lie down and when you rise. In other words, this is a lifestyle. So Israel's to hear the word of the Lord, but that's not enough. It's not enough to even hear this and go to a synagogue if you were living in the old covenant or go to mass if you're a Catholic living in the new covenant and confess the creed. That's good, but in addition, it's supposed to be on your heart, not just something that you leave in church, but with you all your life, and that's not enough. You are supposed to teach these things, which you're confessing, to your children diligently, and this is a command of God Almighty. And it goes on just a little further, and a lot of people forget this, but I just read to you Deuteronomy 6, verses 4, 5, 6, and 7, But if you just drop down a few more verses, there's a forgotten verse, verse 12. Chapter 6 of Deuteronomy, verse 12, it says, Take heed, lest you forget the Lord. You see, that's losing it. That's becoming faithless. That's becoming a faith washout. And how do you prevent that? Move up. Deuteronomy 6, verses 4, 5, 6, and 7. Hear, O Israel, and teach these things diligently to your children. You might say, well, this is a lot of Old Testament stuff. What does this have to do with being a Catholic? Well, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, section 2221, says this, the role of parents in education is of such importance that it is almost impossible to provide an adequate substitute, okay? And the worse the culture gets, the more important parents teaching the faith and specifically teaching the scriptures to their children. So don't panic. I'm proposing a plan. It's a starter plan, but getting started is big. It's real big and developing that habit, but a plan to bring the gospel home that requires no more effort than 25 minutes a week. And if you can't come up with sacrificing 25 minutes a week to help get your children to heaven and eternal life, well, turn the other dial, some other dial, because it requires parental cooperation, but your little 25 minutes of effort, God will compound perhaps for generations in your family. So it's basically a 25 minute per week plan. It's 15 minutes of preparation during the week, Sunday morning or whatever, and 10 minutes of execution during a family meal on Sunday after mass, either for the midday meal or the evening meal, okay? So, you have a job to do, particularly you guys I'm calling out, okay? Ben, you know to do a job, you need the right tools and equipment to get the job done. So, here's what you need. You need a good Bible, and I would suggest a really good Bible is the RSV, the Revised Standard Version, the Catholic edition of it. It's called RSVCE. And Ignatius Press has a bunch of varieties of these. Uh, I'll just mention one. Like if I was a dad with young children, I have one of these really big, I mean, very impressive, thick, large size, big print, black Catholic Bibles. And I think 
this would be great, great for dad to pull this out on Sunday. And they think, wow, I remember my dad read to us out of this gigantic Bible. I just like it. You may not, but I'm just mentioning it. It's the large print RSVCE, and you can get that from Ignatius Press. Now, I don't recommend you get a Bible like that for your kids unless they want to be like that. And a lot of kids want to be like that. If they want one, get them one. But otherwise, Ignatius Press also makes an RSVCE in what I call a perfect size Bible. It's a compact size Bible, but it has both the Old Testaments and the New Testaments. And um, my children have asked for those, and it's, you know, it's a great thing to take off with them to school when they go to college, put it in a backpack or whatever. Um, and that's a good one. And then if your kids want literally a pocket-sized Bible, Scepter Press puts out an RSVCE, Revised Standard Version, that's literally can fit in your pocket. And um, I've given these to some of my grandchildren, and I've mentioned to their parents, I said, you know, if they wear this out, I'll buy them another one. And if they wear that out, I buy them another one. I think a pocket-sized Bible is good. Take it with you in your bicycle. Take it with you in your backpack. Take it with you backpacking. Take it with you everywhere you go. That's the idea. And like this year, we're in Matthew and let them be opening their little Bibles while dad reads, and I'll explain that in a minute. The other thing is, what if your children is um, a preschooler but can sit up at the family table? I'd get them one and help them turn to the page you're reading from. Even though they can't read as well, get them started. Remember Proverbs 22, train up a child in the way he should go. So you want to get a good Bible, a good translation, and the RSV is excellent for that. Okay, now, just for parents, and particularly dads, since you're, you're carrying the ball on this thing, is that you want to get a resource that will help you lead your family in devotions, and I recommend quite strongly the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, and it come, comes in a single volume for Matthew, and again, it's from Ignatius Press, and a study Bible, you'll find on the top part of the page, it will have the text from the Gospel of Matthew, and you'll want each Sunday to duplicate the reading that was taking place in Mass. But a study Bible, unlike just a regular Bible, on the bottom third of the page or bottom half of the page, will have explanations of the verses on the top part of the page. And the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible is a reliable way to gain understanding of what that text is saying. And uh, it's very, very worthwhile. And so I recommend that in your preparation, I said there's 15 minutes of preparation, you spend 10 minutes with the Ignatius Catholic study Bible, going over the passage that was read in Mass that Sunday morning, and then either midday or dinner time in the evening, uh, read that passage. And so you can have something to say about it. You'll want to do your 10-minute prep using the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible. Now, you still have five minutes left, because I said there's only 15 minutes of prep, and the Study Bible only take you 10 minutes. If you get on the internet and 
you just Google this, it's the Sunday Bible Reflections with Scott Hahn. And it's at the St. Paul Center website. Scott Hahn will go over the readings that you heard in Mass or will hear in Mass, shows you how the Old Testament reading and the New Testament reading fit together and how they're fulfilled in Christ. And Scott only takes three minutes to do that. That's a stroke of genius to be able to summarize that in three minutes so you get the gist of it. And I'm giving you that two extra minutes for your five minutes, both to boot up and go down. And you can get this on your phone, Google, Sunday Bible Reflections with Scott Hahn, and now you're ready, 15 minutes. So now you need 10 minutes for execution, 25 minutes total per week. So you're going to read one paragraph, make one comment, and ask one question. And if your kids have questions, invite it as well, invite them. Uh, My wife, Karen, suggested that... um, not just letting the kids read. I think it's nice to let them participate, but I think she very wisely said um, they need to hear your voice doing this. And so I might lead off with the first few verses and after some more verses and let you know those who can read participate. But in the catechism, it says, in the sacred books, the Father who is in heaven comes loving, lovingly to meet his children and talks with them. And so in a certain sense, the, the role of a father in a family is to be an image of God the Father. And I think it's a real good synergy to have that father's voice uh, speaking the words from the Father in heaven to their children. And again, if you're a single mom, don't worry. God will indeed bless your efforts to your children. And then you say, well, where do I get a good question? Well, remember I recommended the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible? Don't tell your kids this, but there's questions to ask about the various passages in the Gospel of Matthew. Just turn to the back. You can get a question there. Well, you might say, well, what if the questions aren't quite appropriate for the ages of my children and background and stuff? Well, this might be a really radical thing to do, but I suggest paying close attention to the homily during Mass, and you will find something for a a good comment and a good question. Again, read one paragraph, make one comment, ask one question, one, two, three, 25 minutes a week. And I'd just like you to know that St. John Paul II, you would might term the family pope, he wrote more on the family than any other pope in history, talked about family catechesis being so important, places where widespread unbelief makes religious catechesis almost impossible, with one exception, if it's done in the family. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 425 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org.